Hey, foamies, the Into the Flow podcast starts right now. Hey, foamies, this is Gabe from Gabe Spotless Window Cleaning, and I'm here on the Into the Flow podcast with Ryan Johnson. And Ryan, you're the owner of The Window Ninjas out of Gilbert, Arizona. Thanks so much for joining us. How's everything going? Everything's going well. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Happy to do this. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And um, we look forward to um, getting to know you a little better and talking about your business. Um, I do have, uh, just wanted to find out exactly how you got started. I know you're pretty young. You're 22 years old, right? And you get your own business. And uh, how did you get to, yeah, what gave you the idea of starting your own business? Yeah. Um, so I started a little over two years ago altogether in my hometown. So I, right out of high school, I mean like three weeks out of high school, I went on a mission for my church. So I spent two years in the state of Washington teaching people about God and how to come closer to him and um, serving a lot, which was a great, fantastic experience. As soon as I got home, I got a job um, as a busser at a Mexican food restaurant in Safford, Arizona. Um, I was there about a week before I decided that I wanted to <laughs> do my own thing. I actually had a buddy up in Utah who, who does window cleaning as well. Well, he actually doesn't do it anymore, he, um, but he did at the time. And he kind of told me about it and kind of told me about what, what's possible with it. And uh, so I just was like, sure, I could try that. I didn't actually even know that that was a thing. I didn't know that people hired window cleaning companies. Um, being from a small town, there wasn't a window cleaning company around, so... It was something that I that was very foreign to me. I'd never touched a squeegee before. Or, um, the only time I touched a squeegee was to like squeegee the shower door. Right. <laughs> um, but so I just pretty much learned from my friend and learned from YouTube how to clean windows and and started um, there in my hometown. But pretty quickly I realized that uh, I wasn't going to be able to grow more than like a owner operator size business there in my hometown. So last May, so about 16 months ago, now we moved here um, okay. to the Gilbert area and, and restarted. Um, wow. And so, so yeah, it's definitely been the right move for us. And uh, I'm definitely glad that we did it when we did. I wish we would have done it a little earlier even. Well, hey, start twenty. Starting at twenty-two is a pretty good. That's <laughs> a pretty good beginning. <laughs> but right. I know, I know what it's like to, right. to wish that you know after you know what it's like to own a business and and how uh, profitable it can be compared to working you know minimum wage somewhere. Uh, you do wish you would would have started earlier, but that's really awesome. What What do you think gave you the mindset to be able to you know have the determination that's needed to to run a business at such a young age? You know, what's funny about it is I never really saw myself as being a business owner. Um, in fact, I was planning on going to school to be a dentist, which I guess I would have been a business owner eventually with that, but not for like 10 years from now. <laughs> um, but I always have been a super hard worker. I played sports um, all through high school. Um, basketball is one of my loves. It's one of one of my favorite pastimes and something that I've spent thousands of hours doing um, yeah, in the gym playing basketball. Um, so I've also, I've always definitely been a hard worker. And, uh, when I was busting tables, that was really my first real job. I had a job as a lifeguard in high school, but I played sports. So I didn't really have time to work very much. And I pretty quickly realized that I was, I was not a good employee. Um, <laughs> I, I really didn't like that other minimum wage workers were <laughs> telling me what to do all the time and telling me that I suck and <laughs> wasn't doing my job right. When, so 
I pretty quickly realized that it was right for me, but it's kind of funny that it just kind of stumbled upon me. And, and now it's obvious that it's, it was the right move for me and that it's um, where I'm meant to be. But it's kind of funny how I, I got there kind of on accident almost. Sure. So. Sure. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know you personally, but I've been following you for, you know, probably about a year now on social media and just kind of seeing your rise. Um, for those who don't know, we live um, in cities that are about an hour and a half apart. So our, our area is very similar, you know, very similar clientele, very similar climate. Um, you know, we deal with a lot of the same uh, uh, issues when we come to, comes to cleaning windows. So it's been neat to see your growth, you know, just even over the short year, you can already see how well your business is going. Um, so, uh, I mean, tell me a little bit about how, you know, how it's been for you on that end, you know, coming over to a new city, not really knowing how things are going to go, starting a business and now seeing your, your growth in just such a short time, just, you know, year and a half. Right. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, I mean, it was, it was a little more scary than, than I, it was in the moment. Um, we pretty much, my wife and I, we had been married for like six months when we moved and, we pretty much spent all of our savings to get here and like put the deposit to rent our house. And, um, I bought a box of 10,000 flyers and, and didn't know a single person here. I mean, I have a couple family members here, but not ones that I've cleaned for or have hired us or anything. Um, so we moved here with basically no money. And as you know, Gabe, in, in May, that's when well, May, June is when we'll start to slow down. Um, for those of you that don't know here in Arizona, this year wasn't too bad, but typically we get no. pretty bad monsoons where it'll rain a ton. We'll get crazy dust storms and almost everyone wants to push off cleaning until it's after it's over. So once end of September, October hits, we get slammed. So we moved in the middle of the worst time, which was May. <laughs> and my wife and I, my hand would put out 10,000 flyers a month. Um, pretty much if we weren't cleaning anything, we were, we were putting out flyers and that's how we started. Um, a few months in, we we found out that my wife was pregnant, so she stopped working with me, and so I, I was on my own for for a little while before I hired. But but yeah, I mean, looking back, it, it's kind of scary that we we moved here with basically no money and uh, no clients, but we made it work. And, and looking back on it, if I if I go look at my revenue the first few months, I don't know how we made it work, but we did. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way, that's those first few years and months, you know, those are always the ones that you, like you said, you don't want to really look back and see what, what you went through during that time. Um, right. So well, I, I do definitely want to get into the marketing part and, and the, the mindset of being a business owner, because I think that's something that you, you really do exemplify as far as a new business owner is, is concerned. Um, but I, you know, you mentioned you have a wife, you mentioned you have a da daughter is that, or a son. It? Yeah, daughter. So daughter. she uh, she's actually eight months old tomorrow. Yeah. So she's very young. Um, we're we're learning how to be parents. <laughs> we're trying our best at least. Are, are you getting sleep yet, or is she is she sleeping through the night, or is she still up uh, at all odd hours? Um, yeah. So I mean, about four or five months in, uh, she started sleeping through the night. We did a little <sighs> sleep training with her. Um, but she's kind of been regressing a little bit lately. Oh, so, oh, yeah, that um, but if it's still not bad, I mean, we still put her down at seven and lately she's been waking up at four or five. So it's better uh, than, you know, sleeping for oh, two or three hours and then waking up. Exactly. But it's for a while there, she was the sleeping <laughs> from seven to six or seven, but hopefully we'll get back to that. Yeah. She's regressed a little bit, but, um, 
I mean, that's, that's all part of the, the deal, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, yeah, that's, that's really good, man. I'd be thankful for that. Believe me. That's awesome. Oh yeah. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the balance that you have to have. Cause I mean, like you mentioned, you know, obviously starting a business, there's a lot of uncertainty anytime you're even within the first three years of a business, there's uncertainty and uh, you know, your, your operation has grown pretty fast. I mean, that's got to add a lot of stress. So um, what are some things that you do to try and make sure you keep the balance between work and family? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's a lot better now for me than, than it was at the beginning. Um, I mean, thankfully we scaled to the point now where I don't, I don't spend a ton of time in the, in the field, um, but I still do spend a ton of time at the office or um, putting out flyers still. I just started doing flyers again after we kind of went away from it because I got so busy doing the work myself. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the most important thing with that work-life balance is you and your spouse being on the same page. Um, I think it's really easy for for you as a business owner to to see it as what you're doing is for your family, but uh, and you're spending a lot of time in the business and you're doing that for your family, but sometimes your spouse may not see it that way. They may see it as I don't know what, what they would see it as, but they may not see that you are um, really trying your best and working hard for them. Mm -hmm. And they kind of see it as, okay, you have a business where you have freedom of your time, so you should be home more often. So I think one thing that really helped my wife and I a lot is just having that conversation, like sitting down and letting her know, like I, I need to spend this time in the business so that we can grow this business to, um, to where it's going to provide the life that we desire and the life that we want. Um, so that's why I think just that communication is crucial and it's something that, that I figured out pretty early on in business, which I'm super grateful for. That's great. That's really good. So um, how does she feel it now? I mean, have you guys kind of come to a, a happy medium or is it still, a, still something you guys have to work on? I mean, it's definitely something that we're always working on and, and my wife is amazing. She, she is such a big supporter anytime I get down about business, which is constantly, she's, she's always there to, to lift me up. Um, but it, yeah, it's definitely always a work in progress. Um, like I said, thankfully I don't work as much in the field anymore. So I'm able, um, usually once a week I'll, I'll, I'll take about a half day off and, mm -hmm. and just go spend time with her. And then I never work on the weekends, which is nice. So, so we really have it pretty good. Like we're, we're very blessed. Um, but of course it is a work in progress always. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, with, with my situation, um, you know, like, like you said, we're busy. We don't, I've never, I haven't worked the weekends in forever. You know, it's been a long time. And once in a while, we'll have a big project in which we work. But that was something that was important that I didn't want to have to go do jobs on the weekend. I didn't want to have to rely on that to be able to make ends meet, you know. Um, and then, you know, like you right. said, just, just making sure you have time. I'm, I'm really, I, I'm, I'm trying to get off of the glass. You know, that's, that's my goal as well. I know, I know you had mentioned that was something that you wanted to do uh, as well as to work towards where you're focusing on the business as opposed to the work of actually cleaning windows, right? Right. Yeah, and that's pretty much where I've been. I mean, I may spend one one day a week or so in the field right now, and it's it's only coming on just when, it, when we work on a big project or like, um, one thing that, that we do that's a little different is actually run one man crews. So, um, I don't know if any of you on here know me or whatever, but we have two vans, um, and two employees. So, so they run separate. And so every once in a while, like, um, Gabe, as you know, sometimes you'll run into huge houses with sunscreens mm -hmm. on every window. Mm -hmm. And for those yeah. of you that don't know, sunscreens are, they, they cover the entire window and they're designed to keep 
the sun out, um, but they're super hard to clean sometimes, and they yeah. can be. Um, it doubles the amount of screens on the house because the whole window is covered rather than just the pane that opens. So every once in a while, you'll get on a huge house like that, and, and I'll go help one of them because I don't want them to have to ladder up, take the screen down, um, bring it down, clean it, go back up, clean the window, go back down, grab the screen, go back up and clean it or put it back on because sunscreens have to be removed from the outside. So you can kind of see how that would be difficult. So in situations like that, I'll go work in the field or um, if we're, if we ever have big projects or whatever, I will. But for, for the most part, I, I don't work in the field very often, which is something that I'm grateful for. Um, but it is nice to get, get out in the field every once in a while. It'll be nicer once the weather's a little cooler uh, yeah, here yeah, in Arizona. And we're okay. still dealing with 100 degree weather. So. <laughs> okay, here's the question that all Arizona window cleaners ask each other. What is your method of cleaning the solar screens? Um, so we uh, we use Screen Magic. Um, I'd be curious to see what, what you use, Gabe. Um, Screen Magic is basically it's like an oily. Uh, I don't even know what it is. Just like a, a thing that you can spray on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of. I guess it's like conditions it and stuff. So that's what we use. We use Screen Magic on them. Um, I'd like to find something cheaper because Screen Magic <laughs> is super expensive. But, but, do, but, but we do you charge have for it too. So, I mean, yeah. Do you have issues though with Screen Magic, like just collecting dust and collecting? I mean, that, that was kind of my issue with screen magic is I felt like, um, within a week it was, it was not looking new anymore because, because of the oil base, it was like attracting things and holding on to, as opposed to just a regular clean screen. Do you find that or, or is there something you do to kind of avoid that? We, I mean, we haven't found it to be that quick, but after a few months, we found it to, to kind of look back how it did before we clean yeah. it, which I mean, it's one of those things where we're going to go clean them again, which is good for us. But yeah, we, we also want to deliver a quality product, but what do yeah. you use Gabe? I, so I just, I just use soap water and a horsehair brush. I buy like a big, you know, um, it's about maybe a foot and a half long horsehair brush. Um, I did used to, I, I did have one of the, um, uh, those, you know, screen cleaner machine things. Um, the, I think I had the mm-hmm. zero, the zero one. Um, you know, th- those don't work real good with the solar screens. Um, they work pretty good with the bug screens. Um, but, you know, we have so much dust in our area. It just seemed like it wasn't doing anything, you know. It was like I had to dust, right. I had to dust the screens first before I ran it through the machine. So we just, we just, we, you know, we do, we dust the screens first with, I have like a, a flat microfiber pad. Um, we dust them and then we line them up and with the hose, you know, spray them down. We wipe, we wash them with the, with the horsehair brush. We, sp- you know, rinse it off and then we let it air dry and then we put it up. And that's, that's pretty much how I've always done it, you know, and I've, tr- I've tried different things to try to get away from that method, but it just seems like it's the only thing I can do where they look decent when I'm done. You know, I, every other thing I've tried, I've been disappointed with the results. Now the customer has been happy in most cases, but for me personally, I'm not happy with it. You know, I feel like the horsehair soap method is, is the one that really leaves it looking as best, you know, as good as possible. I'm on a podcast. Sorry, Gabe. My, my employee, Ramon, just got back from a super long day. He's a rock oh, no, star. Um, you want to say hi, Ramon? Ramon. <laughs> good, man. How you doing? Good, Thank you. Thank you. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, he, he had a quite a day today, one of, one of those days. But, but yeah, um, that sounds like a lot of work. But I'm, It's a lot but of work. Yeah, it is. And I'm constantly always well. – yeah, yeah, I'm always looking for something else. I just – I 
you know, I'm looking for the, the one person tell me exactly, you know, something that I'm happy with, you know, but I mean, right. you know, obviously you, you do what, what, as long as the customers are happy, that's what's important, you know. Right. But, yeah. We, we do use the zero uh, screen cleaner for all bug screens. Um, that is our process for cleaning bug screens and it does work, but yeah, for the sunscreens, it doesn't even do it. It'll just leave like swirls of dirt in them. It doesn't yep. work. So. <laughs> Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, it's like the sunscreens are great for, for keeping the house cool, but then in, in our area, we have so much dust, you know, and then just by their design, they hold on to the dust, you know, it's just such a yep. catch 22, you know, do you want your, your house uh, uh, nice and cool or do you want your screens to look nice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we hate cleaning sunscreens, but we, we do sunscreens as well. So Ramon, who's just in here, oh, he does nice. all of our screens. Uh, awesome. We love installing sunscreen because the super high profitability, high Absolutely. tickets, Absolutely. we just hate cleaning them. So, so <laughs> I guess so that's a, did you I hire, guess those two things don't go together since we're putting more out. <laughs> but did you they're hire, not too bad when they're newer. Clean them. It's when you get to the ones that are 10, 15 years old that are really hard to oh, clean. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. And did you hire Ramon with knowing that or did he learn how to do the screens? Yeah. So he, uh, Ramon, uh, he's been doing window cleaning and screens his whole career. He's, I think he's in his mid thirties and he started when he was 18. Mm -hmm. um, so I hired him and when I hired him, we didn't offer screen installation, but he let me know from the beginning that that is something that he was capable of doing. Nice. So we, we added it this summer. Um, which is actually a perfect add-on for us as we just talked about how we slow down a lot in the summer sunscreens get really busy so mm -hmm. this summer he was doing screens pretty much every day and my other technician was cleaning every day um, that's awesome and now screens have slowed quite quite a bit down so they're both cleaning every day now but um yeah ramon is a he's a very valuable employee of mine um and i'm, I'm super grateful to have him both of my employees are awesome we went through a couple bad ones to get to them but um be but thankful it's it was just a sure. couple, man. <laughs> Be thankful it was just a couple. Right. Yeah, I know. That's the, I mean, and people, everyone says that too. And so it's just kind of has happened that way where we just have a couple really, really good employees that have been with us for a little while now. And um, we're, we're thankful to have them for sure. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's really good. Um, you, you had mentioned that you have kind of, uh, um, uh, you do one-man crews and you pay commission, right? Is it full commission or is it percentage commission of, of their paycheck? Yeah, so we actually run a full commission um, pay scale. And um, so, like I said, we run one-man crews. The only time we'll send two is on big projects or like like I was just explaining with the big two-story houses with sunscreens. Um, and then they'll split the commission. But what we do is a 25% commission. Um, so, And then we shoot for $100 per man per hour. So um, typically our technicians are making $20 to $25 an hour. We try to let we try to allow them or what our goal is to do about 750 to 800 a day each. So each so they'll be making a little less than 200 bucks a day plus tips. And um, they both of my employees they get tons of tips. Like I mean they'll have days where they'll get over 100 dollars in tips, which is crazy when you're already making 200 bucks in a day. 300 dollars a day cleaning windows is is not bad for for an employee at all. So right. so yeah, that's what we do. It's worked really well for us. Um, we run into problems every once in a while with when we get callbacks, it's on their on their time to go back and fix it, which thankfully isn't very often. Um, but they understood that going in that like mm -hmm. um, they're they're almost running as a business owner in that they they go do the job, they get paid for it, and if the customer's not happy, they have to go back and fix it. So, so but, um, of course, that's always going to happen, but it's pretty minimal for us, which which is good. 
you have you have two employees um and so uh, are they're both um skill wise they're both about the same or is is uh, uh ramon kind of the like the senior tech yeah so ramon's been with me longer um he's been with me probably five or six months now which seems like forever through a coronavirus and everything but and then nick the other guy has been with me uh just like two or three months now um but they both had experience prior um actually i hired them both they both called me so wow, um, i don't know the odds of that are probably very very little very that slim. i have two two of two employees that, that came that uh, way but you know generally uh, you know uh, uh when we when I've had calls and, and I've, I have hired some people, you know, who have called me looking for work. Um, but I, I just find that those are, are people who that's what they do. They just call around, you know, and, and they don't stick in right. place for very long. So it, the fact that you have two that are, are happy where they're at and sticking around, I mean, that's really something and good workers, you know, because right. Yeah. I've, I've had some that try to work the system, you know, they, they're just, they're just going to do enough just to not get fired. And, uh, you know, it's just, there's such an anchor when you get someone like that who you, you don't, they don't give you a reason to fire them, but they also are just sucking the life out of the, the you know, the joy out of the, you know, the other workers and, and slowing down and, you know, absolutely, it's just, uh, it's a hit. So yeah, these two employees, I mean, they're, they're a huge part to our success so far. Actually, the other day we had something pretty cool happen. Um, one the the younger technician I have Nick he he missed a window on a house and the customer because he had texted the customer letting her know she was he was on the way and she was super happy with the rest of the house he just missed one window the customer texted him he went back and fixed it and I didn't know about it until like two days later um, and so that was really cool to me like I was able to not even know what was going on and he was able to service a customer make them happy miss something went back and fixed it without me even knowing uh, awesome. The lady reached out to me a couple days later and just said, like, Nick was awesome. I just wanted to let you know I, I reached out to him. He had missed something. He came back a couple hours later and fixed it. Um, and he didn't feel the need to tell me. And um, I think that that shows a lot about um, his character. He, does, he I mean, he's not doing stuff like that to just to show off to me or whatever, but um, just because he really cares about the customers. And, and that's why he gets tips so well, both of them. I mean, today today nick himself he made like 130 dollars in tips after making already 200 dollars on the day so, nice um when you that's what i mean our, our employees really take care of our clients um which is a huge huge part to our success something i'm really grateful for very cool very cool um so let's talk about our kind of our business mindset then um i, I i've always felt like uh one of my strengths is knowing what my what are not my strengths you know uh knowing which things right. that i i'm if i spend time on i'm wasting my time because one i don't enjoy it and two i don't do a good job at it and so i found other people to do it um uh, we had talked a little bit about your philosophy and just kind of knowing well one what your goals are you know for for your business and for your family um, and, and then, uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about what your mindset is as, as an employer and, um, how that helps to, how that's helped with your success, you know, and your, your growth of your business. Yeah. So one thing that's been huge for me is having, um, so I'm in, I'm in the conquer program. I don't know how many of you know about the conquer program, but it's a company started by Josh Latimer and Brandon Vaughn. 
Um, it's a program where you have you meet weekly with a with a coach, and all of the coaches have built seven figure service businesses. And then you also meet with an account accountability group. Um, and so it's really great for the direction and just for holding you accountable, which has been everything for me because, like I said before, I'm a hard worker. Um, I, I can go out and execute. I'm, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work harder than anyone else. And uh, but one thing that's hard for me sometimes is knowing what's next. And so having um, being in that group and having the mentors and, and the the people who have done exactly what I'm trying to do that can tell me what I need to do next and then I can go out and execute it. That has been priceless to me. Um, I, I couldn't put a, a price tag on that. It's been so important. So, so that's been something that's been just, just huge to me. And I definitely wouldn't be wh where I'm at without that. Um, so, yeah. So, so what, like in, in the way that you, cause you, you obviously give a lot of, um, uh, ownership towards your, you know, techs. You you allow them to make decisions. You allow, you know, you don't expect them to have to report everything back to you. So they've got a lot of leeway. How how does is that part of your like? Is that by design or is that just something that just happened organically with the business? Yeah, Gabe. So that that absolutely was by design. Um, I am what I'm trying to build or what I'm going to build here with my business is one that doesn't require a lot of my time at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that the only way to get to there is to have employees that are able to make decisions on their own, ones that don't have to involve me in every single problem or question that they may have. Um, so from the get go, I let my technicians know that um, as long as it's something that's not going to cost us, you know, more than a hundred bucks or whatever, and, it, and it's going to make the customer happy, go ahead and do it. I don't need to be involved in, in every single um, question, which is which has been a good thing, um, definitely. And it, I think it allows our technicians to feel more freedom and feel like they're more in charge and and they are they're helping to run the business as well. So that has worked out super well for us. And awesome. obviously that, that could be a negative thing as well if you don't have the right people around and um, and things like that. But, but that is my whole goal is to build the business that doesn't require you know, 50, 60 hours of my time every week. Yeah. So it, it's really interesting. You bring that up, Brian, because, um, you know, for a long time I ran it with about one or two, you know, to three people. And I, I was the same way. I gave a lot of freedom to my workers and I, and I expected them to be able to, to take ownership of decisions, to uh, analyze the situation, make, you know, cause I, I hired good people, you know, I had people who were smart and, and, and did well. As my business grew, I started finding it more difficult to hire, to find people who had those qualities, you know, and right. a lot of the people that, that I hired uh, came from a, a background where they needed to be told every single thing what to do, you know, and so I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle right now of, well, do I go all the way to the end of, of integrating systems? You know, like some of these companies have, you know, books of, this is exactly how you do everything and this is what we expect you to do. And, and, you know, if this situation happens then you do this and if this situation happens, you do this and this is what, you know, and everything is spelled out so specifically, or do I stick to where I'm at and say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to keep where I'm at and I'm just going to continue looking for the next person who, who can do that. Cause uh, honestly, I, you know, I have two leads right now and they're, they're just like with yours, you know, awesome. I trust them. They, I know that when they go, they're going to do the same level of work that I do. 
but as I hire more people, I have to have at least one lead per one tech who's learning or maybe not quite of those qualities. So I'm kind of struggling right now to know where to go um, as I, I still haven't found that third. I really need my third tech for me to be able to truly get off the glass, you know, for me to, to kind mm-hmm. of step away from the business. And I just, man, that's just the one thing that's eluded me is my third, my third lead, you know? Right. So. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you'll find him soon. Huh? I, I, I hope so. You know, it's just one of those things where you have to just kind of, you know, make, make a decision when it's time and I, I'm not quite there yet. So I'm just right. kind of going along with, with what we can. Uh, right. And that's totally fine too. I mean, not that that's necessarily too, too much of a bad thing. So yeah, not, oh yeah. not like that, you know, so that's good. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't want to give up hope. I don't want to give up hope that there's good workers out there. You know, right. I've, I've gone yeah. through several texts and um, I, man, just, just the, the common sense, you know, it just doesn't right. seem like it's so common anymore, you know, to be able yep. to make a, a decision uh, um, or, or just to take accountability, you know, to take accountability of, of their decisions that they make. It seems like it's, it's kind of a lost art anymore. Um, right. but, well, I mean, a lot of people's stimulus money is going to be running out pretty soon. So that's true. <laughs> that is true. A lot of good, good people out there looking for work. So well, and then and the thing I tell myself too is, you know, it just takes that one call, you know, the one person to apply or the one person to answer an ad or, or like you say, just give you a call and say, hey, do you have work? You know, so yep. open for that. Um, so anyway, one, the really the main reason I wanted to talk with you is because I, I really am impressed with your marketing strategy. You know, for you to grow so much in just a you know year and a half in your area. Um, I know you put a lot of, you've got a lot of guidance from the Conquer program. Um, and, uh, I know you mentioned earlier, you did, you do flyers. Um, but I think you mentioned also you do like Facebook, uh, advertising and that's been really successful for you that you have a really good ROI. And I, I just struggle with anything Facebook, you know, uh, we do do it and, and we get some results, but nothing that's really, you know, wow, that we're so excited about. Um, could you talk a little bit about your, your strategy for marketing and, and how, it, how it's worked and helped you? Yeah, absolutely. So basically uh, what we do for marketing, like you just said, um, flyers, flyers are big for us and I'll go a little bit over our, I'm going to grab one right now. There's flyers right here. Our flyer strategy is a little different than most, um, in that we, we handwrite a price on each card. Well, I know a lot of people do this too, but I don't know if you can see that. Um, so to say your window cleaning price, this one says 147. Um, so what we do is beforehand, we will handwrite hundreds of these and we have four different prices. And what that is, is just an exterior only price. Um, but on the card, it doesn't say that it just says your window cleaning price. So people call, they're like, Oh, what's, what does this include? So we tell them that is a real price. That is your exterior only price. Here's the price you want to get into inside and screens or whatever. Um, but I think that's why we do so well with flyers is, um, people are already calling with an idea of what they're going to pay, even if they don't know exactly what, what that includes. So um, I've done a lot of data on it. Um, our cards bring about $1 per card put out. So we put out 10,000 a month. We know we're going to bring in about 10,000 revenue from the, those cards. And another thing we do is we hit the same neighborhoods over and over every month. So these people know, know us, trust us. And, and then our, I don't know if you can see here, but even like our van is on there, like the mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. That, uh, holograph or whatever, or whatever you call it of our van. Yeah. So people these look exactly like our vans or a lot of our Facebook ads look like that. So people see our stuff over and over. 
Um, and window ninjas is kind of something that people remember. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we do flyers that, that works super well for us. Like I said, we did go away from a while, a while. That's, that's all I did when I started. I got so busy. I couldn't do it anymore. So that's when we kind of looked, started looking towards more Google and Facebook. Now that I'm out of the field, I have time. I go and put out flyers myself. Eventually I will hire people to put out flyers because flyers do super well and they're very consistent and it's something that is reliable. Um, so there's flyers we do Google ads and we do Google guaranteed. Um, we have uh, Michael Gregory runs our Google ads. He does, they do a phenomenal job with them. I don't know anything about that. So I can't really give you any guidance on it. All I know is that it works for me and having someone else do it is, is what's worked for me. Um, but I know kind of the main thing that we wanted to focus on here is Facebook. I feel like Facebook is, is really my, um, I just, just what I'm really good at. And it's something that, um, it's one of my best lead sources. It in, Facebook and Google are usually pretty close for me and they're actually all pretty close flyers, Facebook and Google. Um, but Facebook is definitely the, the cost per lead from Facebook is a lot less than, than Google for me. Um, so kind of here's, here's my strategy and what I do a lot of um, a few different things. So we don't ever have ads that are running that are like, that we're spending like $15 a day on one ad. What we'll do is we'll run $5, five ads at $3 a day. Um, so there's a few, a few things, a few little pointers. So I don't know if you've noticed, if you're just ever scrolling through Facebook, I'd say probably like 90% of the ads you see are going to be videos. Um, that's kind of the way that, that Facebook marketing or just digital marketing in general has gone is to videos. And I, I don't know exactly why that is. I think people like to see, um, processes of companies. I think people like to see people's faces so that they already feel like they know, like, and trust them beforehand. Um, so like right now I have a Facebook ad running that I've ran over and over and over for months that continues to bring in three or $4 leads wow. all day. Basically all it is, is it's a video of me squeezing a window and it's a really long, super long post about our process. So I break it down from, um, first we use Dawn dish soap and we, we first wet the window with, with our mop and then we use steel wool and go through the whole process. And um, it's the same process that every window cleaning company uses, but a lot of times people hire you and they don't know exactly what you're going to do. So somebody's seeing what the process is beforehand, they already trust you and they see that you do all of these, I don't know, whatever it is, 10 steps and they say, okay, this company's thorough. They're going to take care of my property. So I have that ad running. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll go in neighborhoods. Um, so like when my texts are out usually once a day, or I try to go once a day, I need to do better about it, but I'll go out to the neighborhood, especially if it's one that we want to work in a lot. And I'll just record a video and I'll say like, Hey, this is Ryan with the window ninjas. We're here in the Weston ranch community in Gilbert that we're cleaning. This is what we're doing. We're cleaning the exterior windows, interior windows and screens on this house. Um, and then I'll usually like show in the video, I'll show our vans cause our vans are wrapped real nice. And then I'll just say, if you live in this community and you're seeing this, we'd love to, to clean for you as well. Your neighbors already trust us. We'd love to turn your trust as well. And then what I'll do is I will boost that post and I'll create a custom audience of just I'll put that address in mm -hmm. and I'll just that for like a mile or two around. I like that. We want to go and I mean we don't need to go into the logistics of how to create audiences and stuff on Facebook. No. You can learn that on YouTube. It's it's actually yeah. super simple. Most people probably think it's hard, but it's not. Um, so then people are seeing a very specific targeted video to them, like saying I'm already in your community. We're right. already cleaning windows that at your neighbor's house. Why not let us clean your windows? And so we we get a ton of of leads oh, that I love way. That. I love that. That's a great strategy. So typically we'll have that same 
the same ad running over and over. And I mean, I've, I've literally ran that same ad, the one about how we clean windows for six months straight now. And it always performs like it never doesn't perform. So I'll run that and then I'll have three or four other video ads running at the same time. And so people, and also the, the how we clean windows ad is boosted to our whole service area. So people are seeing that over and over and then they'll see, Oh, this company that I've been seeing is in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then we'll we're going to go fire that neighborhood. And then if they search for Google, they're going to see us. So they've seen us over and over and over again. And all of our ads match, everything matches. So people really recognize us. Um, so that's worked super well for us. It's very simple. Anyone can do it. Um, I know it's kind of scary sometimes to be on video, especially if you're not used to it, but like, it doesn't have, it's not going to be perfect. It doesn't need to be perfect. People are going to like it more if it's not perfect. Right. If you say I'm a lot, if you, if you stutter, like that's fine. People are going to see that you're a real person um, and they're going to know, like, and trust you from seeing your, your uh, face on video and, and seeing what your company's doing and that you're in their neighborhood. Oh, I totally agree, Ryan. I, I have the same philosophy. You know, sometimes I'll, especially with the podcast, you know, we'll, we'll interview people and they'll be like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I hope I don't do this. I'm like, you know what? Just do it. Is, is that how you normally speak? Then we want natural. We don't want polished, you know, because right. polish, polish is you're trying to sell something. If you're natural, you're just talking, you know, right. and we like, know that what you're saying is right. And so that, that's, it's got to translate to your customers as well. Absolutely. Like I was saying, if you actually go scroll through Facebook and you're, if you just watch people's ads, like even huge companies are just doing like ads on their phone. Like mm-hmm. they're just, Hey, we're so-and-so and this is what we do or whatever. Like even super big profitable companies are advertising the same way. And, and it's on purpose. They're not doing that on accident. So really all you need is your phone and a little bit of knowledge of how to run Facebook ads and you can kill it on Facebook. We consistently bring in like an eight to 10 X return. So if I spend a thousand bucks on Facebook ads in a month, I know it's going to bring eight to thousand in and it's consistent works every time. It just takes a little bit of my time to actually get out and record the videos. Sure create the custom audiences and boost it but it is super worth it and it, um you're reaching so many people over and over and over again um that just can't be reached in any other way for that price so so how I many mean, how many custom ads are like when you're when you're targeting a specific area per week like how many different ones are you recording so i try to do about one a day in a neighborhood and i'll let that ad run for four or five days and see how it does if it does well i'll boost the same post over and over until it stops doing well gotcha um, the, like I said, the more generalized one is, is always on. And then sometimes I'll run a couple other just random ones where, um, that will be boosted to the entire, um, area as well. Um, so we, but each of them we're only boosting for like two or $3 a day. So we only spend, we never spend more than a thousand bucks a month in Facebook marketing. Gotcha. Um, and sometimes it's even less than that, but all in all, we're usually spending 10 to 15 a day. Um, but like I said, it's broken up into a few different ads. I've tried running just like that one really good ad that works so well for me. I've tried running it at like $10 a day and it doesn't perform as well as you would expect. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but um, that's how it's worked for me. So. Oh, very good. Um, so uh, let me ask this then. Um, so you, um, are you're the only one who does that, right? You don't have your text do that. It's just, it's just you. Yeah. Um, for now I need to, I need to get them doing more stuff like that or, um, that's a good idea, but yeah, for now it's just me. So people, people recognize me a lot. Um, when, when they'll message us, they'll, they'll say like, Oh yeah, I saw you on video or right. whatever. 
Another thing with those ads and what I found to work super well in my area might not work as well in yours or whatever is I always send them to messenger. I've tried sending them to my website to fill out a quote form. I've tried even a funnel with click funnels. Um, but the best thing that's worked for me is just sending them straight to messenger where they'll just reach out. They, um, when they see the ad, when they click on it, it'll give them like some automated messages. Right. Like you have to say, like, I'm interested. Can you tell me more or whatever? And then I'll, Another thing I do is I reply to every message like right away, unless it's like right, eight yeah. o'clock. Right. No, like right away. And that's, that's one thing we really pride ourselves on is um, like, there's, it's very rare that someone will fill out a quote form or message us on Facebook and not have a quote within like 30 minutes. Wow, Cause we actually do all, awesome. we don't, we don't do them in person anymore, which has worked for me. It doesn't work for everyone. Um, there's definitely pros and cons to, to both. Yeah. Um, we use response a bit and, and, you know, we use it knowing that it's only going to work about 80% of the time, you know, 80, 80% is, is it's going to be just right. Um, maybe even more than if I would have gone on site to, to do the bid. Um, but then there's going to be that 20% that I, I probably should go check it out, especially when it's really big, you know, because right. people get real lazy about counting windows. <laughs> right. You don't want to show up on a, you know, $600 job and all of a sudden you're telling them it's going to be 1200 and they don't like that so much, you know? <laughs> so, right but um pretty much anything over about five to six thousand square foot we'll go we'll go and do it we actually use response a bit as well um i don't use it the same way though i don't allow people to get a quote on my website what i do is they fill out a quote request i reach out to them with a few questions um, most of our pricing is based on square footage now rather than pain count that's worked for us so i use the response a bit more for just sending out the quote and then the follow-up obviously the response bit is amazing and does i mean it's that is so valuable but yeah so i when, use response i just don't use it the same way exactly. yeah what um what made you decide to go to the square footage because i i you know obviously I, people are afraid to do that i mean i know i i am i am um is it just um it i know it simplifies things but would you say that it's pretty consistent in that um getting um, the price that you that you want yeah it definitely has bitten us a couple times like for sure i mean it happens for sure, but overall it has been consistent and it's not like a straight square footage pricing exactly. Um, typically what I'm going to do is get on Google and look at the house on Google maps. I'm going to kind of get an idea. Cause sometimes like I found at least for example, like when it comes to two story houses, uh, like a 4,000 square foot house can have a lot of windows and sometimes it can't have very many around here. Thankfully a lot of houses are very similar. Um, in this part of Arizona, like the, the spec houses where every other house in the neighborhood is the same is pretty common. Um, so I kind of use a mix of square footage kind of gives me an idea of the range I need to be in. And then as I ask them a few questions, such as like if they have sunscreens or not, and um, how many sliding glass doors they have. And, uh, and once I get on Google Maps and can kind of look at it or look at the rental listings on Zillow, all of that together, I can come up with a really good price. And, I'd say like 90% of the time it's spot on where we want to be, where, like I said, we try to do about a hundred dollars per man per hour. Okay, cool. Um, interesting. Yeah. It's something I, I've thought of a lot about just, just, I'm always about trying about simplifying, you know, and, mm -hmm. and just like I said, even with the regular response bid, I'm, I'm, as long as I understand 80% of the time, you know, it's going to be fine. That's worth it to me, but because that alleviates right. me, uh, you know, having to drive out to 80% of the estimates that I do. Um, a lot of my customers love it. I mean, they love being able to go on, get a price. Um, and there's never any haggling, you know, because the price has already been agreed on when we get there. 
Um, mm. And so it's just a lot of my reviews that I get because are just oh easy process to, to schedule to get quotes. Um, especially the higher end people really like, you know, the, the ease of that. They, they, they are always commenting on how they hired me just because I, they knew what the price was, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Know, and the, we didn't, I didn't go away from using like that ability on my website because of the prices being wrong. Of course that happens every once in a while. And that wasn't a big issue. The issue was me was with me was I was finding a, a lot of people were starting my quote form and not finishing it. I don't know if there was too many questions on there or if it was just too much for them, but a lot of people, my bounce rate was pretty high. So once we went just to a normal quote form where I then reach out with a few questions and then send the quote through responsive bid, that's worked better for us. But it's one of those things that's like not going to work for everyone. Yeah. Um, obviously yeah. Work really well for you. Exactly. So, yeah. You kind of streamline it to, to work for, for you, you know, however, however it goes. Right. Uh, very cool. Um, so one more question about Facebook. Um, so how are you, how are you tracking the, the success rate for it um, to know whether the, the ads are pulling in the money? Like how, how are you verifying that, that uh, data? Big way is through Responsibid. So okay. um, we send all of our quotes through Responsibid, even the ones that reach out on Facebook, every like 95% of our leads go through Responsibid. Every once in a while someone will call and I'll just give them a price. Um, but responsive reports are really well, really good. So yeah, I can see how many people have requested a quote through Facebook, how many converted to a job and how much revenue it brought in. And you can even break it down by specific periods or whatever. Um, so having something in place like that has been very helpful. Um, it would be really hard to track the return if I was just giving all the quotes through Facebook yeah. Messenger. Yeah, yeah. That's um, what I was thinking to, to track. So, so yeah, responsive is big for that. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of responsive her actually, the owner lives here in Arizona. I've, uh -huh. I've went to a couple of times. Super good guy. I, I, I wanted to go to the Responsive Bid Con that they had, and I, it was between that and the IWCA convention. And I just, you right. know, I, I you do know, so much at IWCA, I had to go to that one. I bought a ticket, and I was supposed to go, but my daughter was born that day, so it didn't work out. Well, I suppose we'll let you get off the hook for that one. <laughs> So I was able to sell my ticket actually to we we rent this office space from a maid service here and they use responsive too so they bought my ticket so it worked out but, oh nice nice so it wasn't wasted but yeah I, I'm out on that because i heard it was a super good event so yeah oh yeah people yeah. went and loved it my backyard yeah. mm -hmm. go to us, but very cool well, Ryan, I, man, I can't thank you enough. I mean, it's obvious that what you're doing is working and uh, just, I really wish you more success and just continued growth. And, uh, you know, just like you said, just for it to work for your family and to find that balance and, and uh, for you to be able to focus on the business end like you want, I really hope you reach those goals soon, but just really impressed with uh, as, uh, as young as you are, you know, how far that you've already come. So that really is a, is a testament to, uh, the dedication, the discipline, and the hard work and work ethic that you you stand, you have, you know, it comes it's come across and in, in, uh, translate into success for your business. So very very happy for that, and thank you so much for thank talking and sharing so much of, of uh, your your tips. Man, those are going to be really helpful to a lot of people in, in ITF. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Gabe. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. Have a great evening. Thank you, Flomies, right. for listening, and uh, we look forward to the next podcast. But uh, thanks again. I hope you guys have a nice evening, and we will catch you later.